Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. I'm Diego Sanchez, COO of HW Media, filling in for Sarah Wheeler while she's on leave. Today, I'm joined by our Senior Director of Data and Content, Tracy Velt. Tracy always has her fingers on the pulse of the housing market, and I look forward to chatting with her about several recent stories on housing wire and real trends. Tracy, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks. I appreciate you having me again. So our Real Trends brand recently did an analysis of personnel costs in real estate brokerages, and there were some pretty interesting insights. Could you share some of those insights with our audience? Sure. Um, so for we actually did a couple of different brokerage benchmarking reports where we take data um, from from the brokerages who apply to the Real Trends 500 and who also um, work with M&A and valuation projects um, with RTC Consulting. And we break down the numbers of uh, how they're spending their money, their operating costs, whether it's advertising and marketing or personnel. This was a real focus on personnel um, as a percentage of gross margin. And it's really interesting. Basically, we did a 10-year study. And as of 2012 and 2013, they were spending about 40% of their gross margin on personnel costs. And of course, um, as the market changed, so did the percentage that they were spending. Um, but in 2021, it rose again because of the you know great market. And then it dropped dramatically. Um, it rose in 2021 to 33%, 33.4% actually. And then in 2022, at 28.3%. And what I think is the most interesting about this and maybe the biggest takeaway is that you should always be preparing for the next market today um, and maybe not allow yourself to get as fat and happy as you do, because then it just requires a lot more stress um, on the company and on you when the market changes. And so I think that's what's recently happened. We'd have a lot of layoffs um, from a lot of different companies. Uh, Remax cut its workforce 17%. Um, I think Anywhere had an 11% reduction. Keller Williams had layoffs and Compass also had layoffs um, in addition to the agency and OfferPad. And that's not unusual in this type of market. However, I think that um, for a long time after the Great Recession, they were very careful about their personnel costs and they stayed fairly low from 2014 to really 2019, 2020. Um, and, and so they rose dramatically in 2022 because of the market. And then of course with 20 or 2021. And then of course, when you get to 2022, they realized, oh gosh, we've got to do something. So I think the biggest takeaway is, you know, watch your dollars early and anticipate the next move because, um, you don't want to really be making these huge cuts to your workforce. Um, and most of them have done it through their technology, uh, you know, their technology teams and not necessarily any agent facing type of um, people, but still. Do you get the sense that there was some 
planning involved here because it, it looks like they really turned on a dime and it, it's tough to, to, to move these big organizations that quickly. So I'm thinking they must have been doing some planning up, up, up to these cuts. I do think so. I mean, most of these um, bigger brokerages are smart. Obviously, they've got smart people working for them um, and they're they're somewhat anticipating the future. Uh, I think that um, there was a lot of focus on these big tech teams early on. And most of it's really not a differentiator between the brokerages anymore. Most of them have some sort of technology. Most of them have you know plenty to offer agents. And I think that the realization that you're you're always developing, but you're really managing what you already have and realizing, you know, the agents aren't using all of the technology that these brokers offer either. So there are are definitely areas where they were already thinking of cutting in the in the technology space. So it's really not um, a surprise. And I do think that they planned out a lot of this. I think a lot of them have PTSD from the Great Recession. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when this this change came along, this market change came along, it, it was an immediate, okay, time to get to work. Absolutely. I, I noticed the same thing. And you've been covering the shift in technology spend from home home-built systems back to third party, which has been happening, you know, over the past year or so. Do you think that's part of this focus on reducing costs? Um, I think it is for some of them. I know Remax was one of them. They had, they had purchased Bouge and decided to make a strategic decision to move their technology outside and work with Inside Real Estate and KV Core. And um, their, their reasoning was basically, hey, we can't, it's expensive to keep up with the constantly changing technology Rather than spend that money um, on that, let let the company that we're working with, let the outside people vendor who are really the experts in that manage the you know the innovation side of it, and then we'll just we'll work with our agents on getting the um, getting the agents to use the technology. I don't know of any other big company that moved it um, outside. Most of them have kept their inside programs that they're developing. I think that they're what they were pretty far in the development process with a lot of these, and I think they're really now working on um, getting agents to use the products that they have. So it's it's marketing as much as anything, and I, I think they've been fairly successful. I know we did an article on Compass's technology, and you know Brooklyn Han really dug deep and talked to a lot of different agents about what they felt with the programs. And they were overall very happy with it. Um, they felt like it served the purpose that they they needed it for. What are some of the other ways that brokerages are reducing costs right now? I think a lot of them are looking at their offices. Um, you know, there's a big divide in the real estate industry on offices or no offices. Obviously, EXP has done a phenomenal job with the virtual. However, they do still have some offices. I don't think you can ever get away from having offices. But I think the biggest thing, and this is what I've seen in the brokers that I've talked to over the years, is they have that one or two offices that agents don't really go into, but they're nice to have. And it's a selling point and 
They, um, they know that and they're afraid that it's in an area that they're trying to grow their business. So they're afraid to close that office because they, they want to have a presence in that market. And I think they're starting to realize now that the agent presence is enough. And with the agent marketing in that area, if they're not coming into the office, there really is no need for it. Um, I don't think anyone is willing to get rid of all of their offices. I think a home office is especially important. And um, Brooklyn Han, again, our real estate reporter, did a great article on that where she really she talked to a, a lot of different brokers about office space and she got a, a mixed reviews from them. We have some um, like Cutler Real Estate. He's looking for ways to lower his overhead expenses. And so he's thinking about decreasing the brokerage's physical office spa- space footprint. Um, nationwide, you know, Compass and Coldwell Banker are doing the same, but their strategy is not to eliminate offices altogether. Their, their strategy is to maybe consolidate their services into one main office, um, and then support the agent in other ways. So it'll be interesting how this plays out, but I do think there's plenty of room there for brokerages to reduce their physical space and still maintain the market share and increase their market share in in specific markets. Here at HW Media, we we went through a similar process where we noticed that we had an office for 40 to 50 people in the Dallas area, and there were four or five people coming in on a regular basis. Uh, And so we moved to a more collaborative and smaller space and it seems like when I read that story by by Brookley, brokerage leaders are going through a similar thought process. Yes, absolutely. And in the um, office visits that I've done with brokers through the years, it comes up a lot where they have a certain office that they know they should probably get rid of, but they don't want to because, again, they want a presence in that area. And it's a real struggle to decide what to do. But it's a it's a huge cost savings, obviously, in in um uncertain market. So they're they're looking for other ways to do it. The cost savings can definitely be substantial. So you've been building the agenda for our gathering of Eagles Conference, which will take place in June. T- could you tell our audience what what is the gathering of Eagles and and why do you think real estate and mortgage leaders should attend? The Gathering of Eagles is probably the most um, effective, I guess, of event that that you could possibly go to as a brokerage leader, a team leader, a top agent, a mortgage leader. We really cover um, the topics that are relevant to today. But not only that, we have speakers who really are, are open and authentic and sharing their personal experiences and there's great networking events. Um, there are a lot of deals get done during these events, um, especially, you know, the gathering of eagles. We have the first day is our deal makers. And that is all whether you're buying or selling or not even considering buying or selling. It's really important for team leaders and brokerage leaders to attend the deal makers because you really learn how to value your company and what makes it more valuable um, we have a big focus on local M&A. So if you're looking at walkovers and um, bringing in you know, top producers who might have a small team into your office, um, we'll talk about how to structure that, um, prospecting, how to find and develop uh, you know, your, your candidates. And 
that's the first day. So lots of great business um, advice that day. Uh, and then the rest of it is is our gathering of eagles. And we've got some great speakers. I think a couple of the panels I'm really interested in hearing about is um, we've got a couple of well, three different CFOs from big companies who are going to be taking a fresh look at containing operating costs. They're going to talk about where their priorities are, what they're looking at cutting, what they've already cut, um, where they're spending their money, and really get an idea of, of some ideas for other brokers for you know innovating in their brokerage. Um, we've got a great recruiting. It's really not recruiting. It's more attraction panel talking about how to really attract the right agent to your company, which is a very, it sounds so simple, but it, it's really not that simple. And we'll go into details about, um, we've got a great panel for that who um, have all done a really good job of attracting agents that fit their culture. So they have a better um, chance of retaining those agents and increasing their productivity as well. Um, and then I think the third one I'm really looking forward to um, is preparing your brokerage for future prosperity. We have a, a legal update by Katie Johnson at, at General Counsel of NAR, and she's going to go into some of, some ways to reduce your risk. Talk about the current commission lawsuits that are that are happening and how brokers can kind of um, prepare for possible outcomes. But then we've got this preparing your um, brokerage for future prosperity. So it's actually the brokers who are already implementing ways to um, kind of reduce their risk or diversify their income streams. And um, that'll be really interesting because we've got some innovative um, people doing some different things, not just mortgage title and that. They're, they're doing concierge programs, property management, association management, um, home improvement solutions, and, and a lot of different, um, different income streams that'll really help um, with the margin compression that the industry is facing right now. I've attended the last two Gathering of Eagles and, and plan to be there this year. The networking is unbelievable. Uh, and, the, and the connections that you make definitely last uh, for a lifetime, it feels like. Uh, I've made some great connections with brokerage leaders, mortgage leaders, real estate tech leaders. So I'm excited. I'm excited for June and, and to take part in those sessions that you just talked about and, and the networking in general. I was going to say, um, you know, Matt Ishbia with UWM will also be um, doing a, a, a speaking event on the winning mindset. And he is someone you do not want to miss. So he has a lot of energy. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today, Tracy. I look forward to having you on again soon. Thank you for having me. Success might look different this year, but it's out there for those willing to work for it. That's why 2023's Gathering of Eagles will focus on forging opportunities, the perfect chance for industry leaders to take a proactive approach to continually move the needle in their businesses and the real estate industry at large. Gathering of Eagles will bring together the nation's top residential real estate CEOs, presidents, and C-level leadership teams to grow, network, and set the pace for what's next in our industry. 
2023's GOE is at Omni Barton Creek Resort in the rolling hill country of Austin, Texas from June 18th until the 21st. Learn more and register your spot on the events page at realtrends.com. And we can't wait to see you in Austin. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.